Welcome back. It's the Focus Target Podcast, Season 2, Episode 44. I am your host, Smiley. With me, as always, Shy and Van. Good morning, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good morning. What's the date, though? And what year is it? So this this is being recorded live on May 9th, year oh. of our Lord 2020. Uh, that's Saturday morning, for those of you who don't have a calendar in front of you. That is when we traditionally do our recordings. It's, and we're out of quarantine? Well, oh, no. Well... Are you out of quarantine? No, you know, uh, so the um, the state of Colorado, where I reside, did lift the quarantine effective today. So this, or effective yesterday, was the end of the stay-at-home, shelter-in-place order. Um, but I think leading health officials suggest that it's still a better idea to stay home where you can. So that's what what I and my family are doing for the most part. Um, what about where you guys live? Yeah, I think California. I think we're extended until seventeenth. I think was the last thing I heard but I might have to do a correction corner on that. I've heard that I believe Kentucky businesses are going to be able to start phasing open on the 18th. I know the school I work at is going to start like allowing some staff on campus at that point. Um, we still have a travel ban in place that has been slightly modified, but I don't think there's an exact end date on that. So basically, if you are going either coming into the state from out of state, like, in, and you aren't considered like, it's not part of your essential like duties, like caring for someone or work or like grocery shopping causes you to cost across the straight line, state line because we have two major cities on a, on our river by in Kentucky um but um you basically have to quarantine yourself for 14 days if you're going to stay in Kentucky um so for now so yeah so we're still- we, we are stay at home however our sheriff just announced and is getting like a huge amount of press for the Riverside County that he will not enforce the stay at home order within his own county really interesting yep yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting stuff going on, but so it's still still officially a quarantine podcast uh, for some of us at least. And um, you know, I've shaved my quarantine beard, as you may have noticed if you're watching on the YouTube, because it was absolutely driving me crazy. It was it was too long, um, and so I'm, I'll slowly grow it back out. But I don't know if I'll ever let it get to the ridiculous length. Um, <clears throat> You know that it, that it was before. So uh, there's your little uh, live update for your hosts uh, today. We're going to talk about multiplayer. We're going to talk about the PlayStation Network. We're going to talk about Xbox Live. We're going to talk about Nintendo. Uh, we're going to get into all uh, some of that. And we want to leave a little extra time today for the disc and the drive segment. We've all been playing a lot of games, um, and there's a lot to talk about. I, I think last time Van did not get nearly enough time to go through his. Um, his Animal Crossing exploits. So we're definitely going to get back into that. So um, we're going to do a short multiplayer segment. Um, but before that, of course, we have a question of the day. We like our question of the day. And uh, uh, we've been trying, if you may have noticed, to kind of rubber band back a little bit from from what we talked about in our past uh, podcast. Last week, we talked about Dungeons and & Dragons. And so today's question of the day, uh, as a follow-up to that, you've had a week to think about D&D. Um, I just want you guys to share. We talked a little bit about... Um, about some inside jokes and stuff, and we kind of kept that off the podcast, but we're going to do a little slice of that today. I want you guys to share uh, a, a memory of D&D. It could be good, it could be bad, it could be scary, it could be traumatizing, it could be wonderful. Uh, your pick, but uh, share me share me a brief D&D memory, something that that when you think of D&D kind of comes into your mind and, and makes you look back. Uh, I'm going to start with Shy today. Shy, what's, what's a D&D memory you'd like to share with the podcast? Could I actually defer to Van? Because I have two, oh, yeah. and one of them may involve... Van may pick one of them, and so oh, if he does, okay. I'm going to pick no. my second one. But uh... If you have two, I actually like this. Why don't you go, and then I can interject 
myself into you and your story, and all then right. you can follow up with your secondary. Story. All right, all right. If that's allowed, then then totally. My second one is pretty short, so it's our podcast. Um, Smiley likes to say it's his podcast, but it's really our. <laughs> podcast. Never, I've never said that it's my podcast. It's certainly our podcast. You're the host. We're, we're, we're the host. We're a triumvirate um, here, so so I um, just try to keep you guys in line. That's all. So the three of us have been part of many, many, at least many campaigns, like over weekends we hang out or or whatever, or a campaign maybe that started that didn't go very far. But the campaign we were in the longest, um, which I think went over probably a couple months. Am I being optimistic there? I mean, I think it it went probably a couple months. Um, But uh, in that campaign, I was playing a little little halfling called Roscoe Lie Fellow, and um, I was a monk. And if anyone, so just for people who aren't familiar with like RPGs or D&D, monks are melee fighters who use their fists so you have to get up and close and you do a lot of acrobatics and fighting so i was always in the front line fighting people in that campaign van is playing a wizard um and i don't what was your wizard's name you were like this really emo like not emo you're like a very like haughty like scholastic it was it was it was lizen yeah, I remember Rem, Rem Lizen. Rem Lizen, Rem Lizen. So, uh, so Rem, an homage Lizen. to, yeah, Death Note. <laughs> Once again, to give uh, to give some context, um, spellcasters in D&D, it's not as, like, overpowered. I mean, they're very powerful, and as, and as they level up, they can do a lot more and really become overpowered. But early on, like, they have a lot of limitations on them. They can only cast a certain amount of spells and certain types of spells. And so wizards, I think, are trying, and, and, and casters are trying to find different ways to, like, enter combat, you know? Like, like so... So Van had, I forget if he purchased this or he started out with this. I don't know who in their right mind gave this to him. Hopefully it wasn't like something that Smiley just gave gave him, but he had a crossbow on him. And so we had entered a combat with something, some goblins in a forest, and I'm up there punching away, doing my thing. And all of a sudden in the back, it's Van's turn. He's like, I'm going to pull out my crossbow. And he'd named it Old Faithful is what he'd named his old crossbow. Old Reliable, wasn't Old Reliable. That? that was an Old Reliable, darn it. Um, and, and, uh... Which turns out it was not very reliable. Um, and and he pulls out his crossbow. He's like, "I'm gonna use it." And I think like me and our other buddy Rido, who was in the campaign, kind of were like, "Wait, what? Like, why would you do that?" Um, and so he, you were in front of me too, by the yeah, way. And yeah. So he lines up a shot, and this is actually so both stories actually tie together because this is one thing I love about Smiley being a DM is he can be very brutal on both ends of the spectrum. So when players roll horribly, it can be very punishing. And on, when enemies roll horribly, it can be very punishing as well to the enemy. And so um, Van rolled, I don't know if it was a nat one, or it was just really low because he had such a horrible skill with the crossbow anyway. But Smiley's like, well, you missed, but now I'm going to roll to see if you hit either Rido or, or Shy. Um, and it turns out he hit me square in the back uh, with a crossbow bolt, um, hurting me quite a bit. And so. Uh, it, I don't know. It was uh, what a memorable memory. And on, what was cool was the campaign didn't make it super long. We played for months, but then I think life stuff came up and ended. But my goal eventually, and I talked to Smiley about this, he was kind of on board with this, was to eventually start drinking and become a drunken master. And the drinking was <laughs> going to be brought on by the PTSD of being shot in the back by, by Rem. Shot, and, uh, let, let's be clear. Shot in the back, not just one time. Like, this happened like yeah, three I or wanna, four times. There, that's why I, I wanted to, co- that's why I one, wanted to yeah. comment on. Is that, yeah, it happened multiple times, and that's how it was dubbed the name Old Reliable. And and the reason I used it was exactly as you said. Like, I only had, like, one spell overnight, right, in the beginning, or two spells or whatever it was. Like, I would have to sleep. So, anyways, I had very, very limited actions that I could do besides run around. So as soon as my spells were exhausted, like, the only thing I had was Old Reliable. So I'd bring out my crossbow, try to help you guys out, and it usually just ended up hurting the entire group (laughs) instead. It would have been better if I did nothing. And in the one, well, so in, 
full disclosure, the DM did put proper warnings in place and say, hey, if you shoot somebody who's in combat, there's a chance that if you miss, you will hit them. You knew what you were doing. You were you were informed of the risks, and you chose to take them. Just full disclosure. For it was the a DM calculated state. risk that just didn't pay out for some reason. Weird. For, for, for Roscoe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's funny so i forgot it was multiple times even but the one time on my mind that i remember specifically was i think i blacked out i think it did so much damage or i was already such low health that i like i like knocked out. yeah not got knocked out so which is pretty traumatic um so yeah so if so i'll jump in my second one really quick this is not as fleshed out of a memory but i do remember it seemed once again talking about just like really enjoying smiley as a dm because having played with at least one other dm at this point like i think i don't know i just really jive with how smiley can be very like sticks to the rules and can be very like just like universally brutal to to anyone (laughs) and so like you know he really will punish you as a player if you mess up or you do stuff dumb but then like if so we were in this dungeon and like we'd like probably got you know we were often i think this is a problem with a lot of new DD groups anyway is they're trying to bite off more than they can chew and uh and smiley like i think smiley was being kind of nice to us i think he would like sometimes give us some prompts like are you sure you want like but not even like I, like the current dm i'm working with right now he's very like do you really think you should be going in there right now like maybe that's not a good idea but i think smiley would let us do some dumb stuff as well and let, let us say the consequence so we're going to this cave we're fighting some monsters that probably we shouldn't have been maybe a little bit higher level and we get to this room where there's like a skeleton lich boss and he looks at us and we're all like oh my gosh like this guy's like this guy's serious business and so we like start attacking him and we're not doing a lot of damage and he like it gets to his turn and he's like you can tell he's like getting ready to fire off a super powerful spell and smiley's getting like excited he's like ramped up he's like, starts rolling his die and all of a sudden you hear party. so all of a sudden you like hear smiley start cursing and he's like <laughs> i rolled a nat one and he's like so then he like begrudgingly starts like describe and i love this too about smiley dm because he'll like smiley your descriptions are awesome like when someone yeah, was like a nat sure. 20 like you give us like such an epic like action or you let us describe it either way or like especially with the enemies like you do like these really cool descriptions so like you're like the lich boss starts pulls up his wand and starts casting and all of a sudden his arm breaks off and the arm and, and wand fall. and so i think the rest of the fight you made him fight without his like his like wand and so like we and destroyed him and like and you were like this should not have been this easy for you guys and like i'm, I don't know, I'm always there were a couple times like that where like super like these super nasty things we would fight would just you would just roll that once or whatever and like you uh, they'd get so punished it was it was awesome. Yeah, that was my that was that was one of my top memories. Also, was that Lich King or that Lich Lich mob boss fight and, and all the hilarity that ensued. And then, yeah, I think I, you penalized him the rest of the time throughout the fight to whether or not he can actually combat or whatnot. You yeah, you penalized his roles and whatnot. But that was super funny. Um, I, <laughs> I just remember how pissed I. Like you said, Smiley does like we give him so much shit and and. Half of it's in jest, half of it is legitimately us just being pissed off at what a dick he's being as a DM. But, like, mostly in jest. But his animation and his storytelling and his painting a picture in your mind is, like, so fucking spot on that, like, as soon as anybody rolls, like, a, a, D, a, a, a 1 or, or a 20, like, I get out of my seat and I'm, like, just ready to hear, like, what's going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was actually one of my other ones. One of my other notable mentions... Memory? One of my other notable mentions was um, I was playing as a monk also, and I was trying to take it. I was trying to take it into a literal sense as to a Buddhist monk. <laughs> so I was like a non-combative monk in a game all about combat, and it was really difficult for me to like. So my whole thing was to wrestle, was to 
um, subdue, okay. was to capture. Like, I never wanted to kill anybody. I didn't want to cause harm or anything like that. Un un undo uh, so I was trying to use everything possible to avoid all that happening. And I just kept killing fucking everyone. Like, every single one of my rolls were, like, super powerful. I would roll my dice. They'd hit, like, harder than anything. So I don't know if Smiley was uh, playing off of knowing what my character's character was like. But anytime I rolled something that ended up killing him, like, he would just blow it out of proportion. He's like, and now you go to punch and you rip his heart out through his chest and it goes through his spine. <laughs> he's suffering the whole time as he's dying. And all this stuff. You hit him with um, a non-lethal blow and knock him out, but as he falls to the ground, his head strikes a rock and he starts bleeding profusely. <laughs> the guy knocked off the bridge on the way, to the, on the way to the boat. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious. Well, to give myself a little bit of defense, um, from what you guys are saying about my my style as a DM, I think a lot of it does come from my first DM, who I talked about a little bit in our last episode, where he had a tendency to kind of be a, a little bit of a twink, if you know what that is in D&D &D terms, as somebody who really wants to be, like, as OP as possibly yep. can be. And so when we would do stuff, he would do, like, the most ridiculous shit. Like, and as the DM, he, of course, it would pass, you know, he would, he would be like, he'd like jump up on the back of a mount and do this flip and decapitate somebody. And it's like, I always found that kind of obnoxious that it's like, I loved the freedom of D&D &D to say, like, if you want to try some kind of crazy acrobatic maneuver, like, have at it. That's what's fun about the game. Like, there's no real rule saying you can't do something. But, like, I also believe in, like, let's take a, a serious look at what you're trying to accomplish and weigh the, the consequences. And if you can pull it off with your dice rolls and your skills, like, I want you to be able to pull off some awesome maneuvers. And, and like, that's what makes memories. But it's not a memory if you can do it freely with no penalty. Like, the what makes it cool like cheesing, is right? when cool, cool, yeah yeah he was cheesing. he always cheesed everything and like what makes it cool i think is when you know that there's a chance to fail you know yeah. if you fuck this up like you are going to be fighting with a penalty or you're going to drop your sword or you're going to put yourself in danger or your party in danger of maybe wiping in the encounter <laughs> but if you pull it off that just that adds something special and so so i am a believer in saying like you can do whatever you want but if you don't think things through, or if you take unnecessary risks, there's consequences to be paid. That's just the how way did, it works. How did Rido lose his arm? It was finger, oh, right? Wasn't his finger? He lost his, he lost his finger because he backtalked the DM way too much. <laughs> was it? But it was like he was, <laughs> he was no, messing around with that NPC that. you added, was, right? Wasn't it that NPC yeah, you added on a boat yeah, with us? And then he was like, yeah. oh, oh, that guy. Like, him, was, I warned him many times that that guy was way OP and, uh, and he shouldn't be disrespected. And I tried, I tried to make that clear and some people you know they want to stick their hand in the fire and like this dm's gonna you burn you poke you're, the not, you're, bear. Not gonna yep. you're not gonna gain fire immunity just because you're my friend sorry so i'm gonna do mine real quick we may do a whole podcast we on these but uh um we're, we're almost out of time on the podcast guys so um <laughs> the very first campaign that i ran as dm my very first session i was playing with one person who, uh, Tricky, who I mentioned last time, who I had a little experience with. And, I, and we were introducing it to three other players who were brand new. Um, one had previous D&D &D experience, um, but we'd never played together. It was our first session. Um, it was it was it ended up being the first session of the campaign that I mentioned, I think, last time where we played for like two years, right? Well, it was our first session, our first encounter. They, they come, they're in the woods. Um, they 
come across a band of goblins near their their home and uh they're like oh my god like let's get into a fight so they're all level one characters the goblins are really weak um and uh the <laughs> the rogue uh is like i'm gonna throw my apple at one of these guys and so he throws the apple at the <laughs> at the goblin and it hits him and does like one damage or something but i, I was like all right well i mean You've get, you've basically provoked them, right? Like you've drawn your attention to them, and so the goblin comes up and he swings, and I roll a nat twenty for his attack, and he kills him in one shot. So the first <laughs> round of action in our first campaign ever as a group, I murdered the the rogue, and I'm like, you know, maybe you should let your tank do the throwing of the apple instead of like letting the squishy rogue do that. <laughs> So it was it was a little bit of a rocky start, and I made him re-roll his character. I was like, that character's dead. Like, roll somebody else up and, and create a new character, and, and you know, the, the rest of the party can meet you in a little bit. But like I was pretty I was pretty hardcore from the beginning. Like I didn't let that pass. So but I always remember of, that. Was that a friend of the podcast or was that a it was not. That was a, that was that was a guy named Zach who I used to uh I, I, I was in Japanese class with back in college. Uh, I don't I haven't talked to him in a long, long time. I hope he's doing well. If you stumble upon this podcast one day zach uh there you go you've been mentioned um so yeah there, uh, we have obviously got a lot of D D uh D memories that we could go through we could do this for a long time i think uh maybe we will in a future podcast if that's something uh you know I, this is a great opportunity uh if you're listening to the podcast right now we would love to hear your thoughts even just on this section um what do you think is it cool to hear some of our D stories is it dumb where you're like i don't know any of these people i wasn't there it's all out of context this is kind of a waste of 20 minutes um we'd like to know that that, that would be good feedback for us because uh, obviously we like talking about it do you like hearing about it do you have a DD memory that you'd like to share with us we'd love to hear uh, some of your war stories um shoot us an email sh uh, send us a tweet we will have our contact information available at the end of the show um, so let's get into the to the the primary topic today, which is multiplayer. We're going to talk about the three major providers of multiplayer. We're going to leave computer, PC multiplayer gaming out of it because it's obviously PC master race, right? Like, like PC gaming, uh, uh, internet online gaming has been fantastic since like you know forever, since the dawn of time, <laughs> since there were computers. Like the dudes in the '60s were playing on those big ass computers that took up a whole room. Like they were in just in several rooms playing multiplayer stuff like that so we're, we're talking about console we're gonna talk about console multiplayer kind of do a little comparison what we like what we don't like about playstation network xbox live and nintendo um so let's start with a quick overview of each uh shy do you want to talk a little bit about we'll start with xbox uh you want to talk a little bit about xbox live because i think correct me if i'm wrong i think xbox live was kind of the first of the three major consoles to do online multiplayer in in a meaningful way and so i feel like they should get the first look yeah and i think they did it the best for quite a while um i, I agree with that i mean xbox live pretty much i think like so and i think as a bit of a disclaimer this is something i've had to look in a little bit um i don't think any of us have played on an xbox in a while so uh, i had to do some research about this and what kind of offerings they have available and it's interesting because you mentioned that um that we weren't going to talk about pc multiplayer at all today mm -hmm. but i mean windows oh. you know obviously covers pc and xbox and they have some interesting like when it comes to like buying into their their multiplayer or their online offerings they have some weird like hybrid offerings as well which i thought was interesting i don't know i couldn't find well, we right off the bat like specifically if they had um if they have like cross play between pc and xbox but they do have like i don't know it was interesting so basically um xbox live and i think you'll see this probably 
with at least two of the three things we'll talk about today, has some pretty standard features. So um, Xbox Live, if you're willing. So first, first of all, the multiplayer on Xbox is not free with the console. So you can buy an Xbox One, you can buy games, you can play them single player or whatever. If you want to start playing multiplayer with other people, not like couch co-op, not like in the room with you or like networked, you know, hardwired into another console. If you want to play online, you have to buy what their 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 online pa- package called Xbox Live Gold. So I believe back then it used to be just called Xbox Live, but now it's just Xbox and now it's Xbox Live Gold. And so for Xbox Live Gold, what that um what that looks like, you either pay monthly or annually. Um, you pay either ten dollars a month or sixty dollars a year, and you that gives you um, the ability to co-op with people. That gives you the ability to uh, voice chat with other people who are on Xbox Live, and it gives you some other other benefits as well. So it gives you um, some free games a month um, that you have access to. It gives you. Um, and with the disclaimer that you have to keep subscribing to Xbox Live Gold to be able to play those games in the future. <laughs> so every month you get access to games and you add them to your library. But then if at some point in the future you stop subscribing to Xbox Live Gold, you will lose access to those games. Um, a couple things that like, because I've, and I know we'll get into, I'm not talking about PlayStation Plus, but I used to play PlayStation Plus. So some of the stuff seemed similar to me. One thing that they do have, and I don't know how big of a deal it is, is... Um, they do. It looked like they constantly have store discounts on games in the store available. Like it almost looked like I, I didn't. I just looked at it um, for you know snapshot research. But like at the time, they had like something like fifteen to twenty different games like on discount at that time, and it seemed like maybe there were always games being discounted on the Xbox Store. Like if you were an Xbox Live Gold member, um, and then. Um, they also had, and I, this did not look that impressive. <laughs> um, at certain weekends, you like kind of like Steam does this. Once again, we're not talking about PC, but like on weekends, you would have access to a game for the weekend. Like you could play a game for free for a couple days oh. and like try it out. And it looked like Xbox Live Gold has that. But I was looking at the games that are available right now, and didn't see, like they seem like they're older games, not really, um, or like more independent titles. It wasn't didn't seem like anything groundbreaking. Um, and I just really want to quickly touch. We're not talking about PC, but I really want to quickly touch on. Then, so then, <laughs> Xbox Windows has a, an, a like a le- this it's super we- very convoluted system called Xbox Game Pass, and and this is a whole nother either uh, you can, I don't know it's it's really hard to describe <laughs> it. The one that so there's a plat there's a Xbox Game Pass for Xbox. There's an Xbox Game Pass for PC, and then there's an Xbox Game Pass for both with Xbox Live, and so. Um, for PC, it's basically like you're basically buying into a subscription to a library of games. Um, it didn't talk as much about multiplayer, but it was almost like a game subscription service. And so, like, you can buy the PC one for $5 a month or whatever, and you have access to, like, 100 different PC games. And I thought this was actually really interesting. Um, I looked at it because um, I would be interested in seeing, like, why would someone do this? And just some of the games off the top of my head that, that showed up as um, that I took some notes as being available were one of my favorites, Battle Chasers, Night War is one of, like, so there are a lot of independent titles, um, Bloodstained, Symphony of the, the, um, the follow-up of Castle, the Castlevania successor that the creator of Castlevania made, Bloodstained, Curse of the Night, I think it was, um, and then Darksiders 3 were titles that you could get, um, on PC. Then there's, for $10 a month, you could get it for Xbox and buy into, like, an Xbox 100 game library and be able to play for $10 a month, have access to these, and then that's going to increase, um, over the time, and then for fifteen dollars a month, you could get it for both. You could get it for PC, Xbox, and get Xbox Live, and all that together. Um, and so th- it's just—I don't know. To be honest, like after going into this and looking at these things, it became—I—I I, I was kind of fed up with with micro. Like, I could see that being a real like 
they're they're offering a lot, right? Windows has their fingers in a lot of different pies. Whereas I think what you guys are going to talk about with Nintendo and PlayStation, like you have these develop these these, pe- these companies that are focused on their product, and so I think they can do it really well. And I think when you look at PS Plus, or you look at Nintendo multiplayer options, it's probably really easy to find out what you're getting and what and, and how much it costs and all the details. Whereas like trying to dig into the whole Xbox, like web the web page has so many links and so many things and it was like wait i'm going here what's what's this got to say about this so i don't know hopefully that made some sense um pricing structure options things like that well to be fair it may be a little bit more streamlined if you actually have an xbox <clears throat> you might be able to you, you know as someone without an xbox trying to find out that information it may be harder i don't know just to i know i'm not usually the xbox defender but throw that out there for him um all right so that's yeah so that's the that's the basics on xbox Shy, or, uh, van do you want to talk about nintendo or psn you take your uh, pick i'll, take, I'll take whatever's left all right go ahead are, are we doing a full like recap of the whole process? yeah just just kind of an over just an overview of like what they offer how they differ perhaps from xbox and, and playstation and that's it we're not coming back to the discussion no we or... will we'll, we'll oh, okay we'll we will some, okay. then we'll do then we'll do more comparison but like this Got is just a, okay, more of an informational so people, okay yeah uh, oh. So then um, Nintendo's is really simple. Um, this was actually the first year that they started implementing a cost for multiplayer. Um, granted, they haven't been huge in the multiplayer scene ever. Nintendo's been pretty adamant about not wanting to jump on to that, um, which is just an absolutely amazing forefront. It's interesting the take that they take, but they want to protect the kids. And they there's no secret that once you start online gaming, there's... A shit ton of trolls who show up and people grieving uh, one another and nintendo's been um vastly more family oriented than most any other console pc out there so they try to maintain that which is why they're a little bit late to the game but they are starting to implement online play into a lot of things so with the subscription you do get online play now um without a subscription you cannot play against somebody who like um shy mentioned who's either not couch co-op or local co-op but has to actually be online um, and then the other thing that you get access to is their NES and SNES emulators on their um, on the Nintendo Switch itself as well. So they update those games um, randomly. It doesn't seem like it's it's a fixed timeline. But it was, it was monthly a, for a while. For like NES. When it first came out, they were coming yes. out monthly. And then it, right. after the Super Nintendo came out, it kind of yes. got and very And that's sporadic. what they said, too. They even said that, hey, these these res- or these uh, rollouts will not be as frequent as you saw with the NES, so just just be prepared. So now they're kind of just random. It's kind of a cool little Easter egg, though, when you go in there every once in a while, you're like, oh, new games to play. But the um, I feel like they did a really good job with the games. They're not just choosing shit games. They're actually choosing really good, high-quality um, demand games. Yeah. Um, so you get access to all of those unlimited. Um, they do um, You can play them directly from the console. And then, um, yeah, that's about it for Nintendo. Yeah, well, what they don't offer is some of the perks of the other one. Did, did you talk about the price? No, so, I did not. So Nintendo, However, the price is very affordable. Yes, it's $20 uh, for six months. $20? $20 bucks for six yeah. for a six-month subscription. So, like, or no, is that right? I, I think, think so, yeah. I think it's can you do it monthly, or you have to buy in six-month yes. blocks? Yeah, I, I did not. I look. I did not look that one up. I looked up the PlayStation one. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Here, twelve. No, it's twelve months for. Holy smokes, that can't be right. We'll get back $1. to one dollar. No. <laughs> right. I remember it not being okay. Nearly so as one month the is three ninety nine. Three months is seven ninety nine, and one year is nineteen ninety nine. 
Oh, so, so that's what I was saying. The whole year is like 20 bucks. So it's yeah. substantially less than all the other online yes. things. But maybe for we we'll get into it, they also <laughs> substantially offer less in their online platform. So, yeah, I mean, there's no, yeah, they don't have some of the bells and whistles that the other ones have um, as far as matchmaking, voice good voice chat, things like that. So, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, so I'll hit P- the PlayStation Network. PlayStation Network, um, I feel like, really modeled itself on Xbox Live. It came a little, it came out a little bit later. Um, offers a lot of the same features. It offers uh, voice chat, uh, independent of games, like kind of a universal chatting area, which I don't know. I haven't used it recently. Has, have any, have you, I guess Shy doesn't even have a PS4 anymore. Like, we used to have all kinds of issues where it would give us, like, what was, what was that called? Like, the NAT oh, God, 4 the NAT, the NAT errors, the NAT errors. Yeah, where, like, it would just, for random reasons, just not work. Like, people wouldn't be able to hear each other, and, like, they'd be talking fine, and all of a sudden, they'd pop up NAT error, and then no one could hear them anymore. Like, I feel like that got better over time, but I know yeah, it, it wasn't perfect. It certainly got better. And I would say, I think that was normally localized around certain people. I think that there were a number of us who we could play games together and never have that happen. But when certain people, like other friends of ours, would jump into channels, that's when they would start. But I still, I still place that, I still place that blame on PlayStation for not working out the, the, um, I guess, software engineering to cater to the least common denominator or all scenarios, right? Like, I don't expect people to know how to set up throughputs on their router just to not get NAT errors and things like that. Yeah, and that set up different things, DNS servers and things. We were having a real hard time figuring out like why, right? Like right, why yeah. were you getting yeah. this error? Like I don't, you know, it's not like, oh you, you know your mic's not plugged in. No, it was like it was working one minute then it stops. Yeah. Like um but but they did offer that kind of stuff. Um they also have a, a subscription model. So it's the same as what Shy talked about with Xbox Live that um you can play, you can buy the console, you can play the single player, but if you want to play have access to the online features. Um for for PlayStation Plus, it's sixty dollars a year, which is three times the Nintendo price. You could also do it as a three-month subscription for twenty-five dollars, which is obviously much less efficient. Um over the course of a year, you're paying a hundred bucks instead of sixty, which is almost twice as much. So, um, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, like I mean, they really do discount you for for a yearly subscription as opposed to a, to a shorter one. But um, yeah, I guess that's kind of true for Nintendo too. I mean, if you said it was what three ninety nine. Yes, you're in the pain. So, yeah, so I mean, forty six. I mean, yeah, it's forty eight bucks versus twenty. Yeah, that's yeah. more than twice as much. So, so yeah, I mean, they really do say you know bundle and bundle and save as uh, as the saying goes. Um, so, but other than that, PSN. When you were talking cool. about X, when you're talking about um, Xbox having titles on discount or whatnot, were you trying to make a distinction that PlayStation doesn't have that? Because from what I understand, PlayStation does offer that still. Well, I know, and I I remember. I mean, it's been a little bit since I've been a PS, PSN PS okay. Plus subscriber, but like I know that they would have when they would have seasonal sales, they would have like deeper cuts. For like PS Plus subscribers, they would have like the standard discounts and deeper discounts. But I and I like I said, I'm also not an Xbox Live subscriber. But it looked, yeah, I didn't I didn't know if Xbox Live was advertising that they always have sales going on because I didn't think Got that it. PS PSN always had sales for PS Plus subscribers. But I mean, Xbox yeah, from Live what I understand, they well. they do. Right. They typically always have some Something. titles on on sale just for being a PS member. Yeah, and not only titles, like other things too, like themes and crap like that, backgrounds. And they also they also offer the same you know they offer free games each month that you can download and add to your library. Some of them have yep. been pretty good too. Like you know for for a while they were given a lot of kind of indie games and and low budget 
games, but like there's been some AAA titles on there, um, usually some older ones, but you know, we've gotten some good stuff. I know uh, Van and I got a lot of mileage out of, what was it, NBA 2K18? Oh my God. Is that the we one played we played? The we played the, that the game. Jesus out of that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, that was good. But there's there's also, I mean, Metal Gear Solid was on there. Yeah, there's been some or not really Metal Gear Solid, sorry, uh, Metal Gear Phantom Pain was on there. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then this month is freaking amazing. So this month's free games are Farming Simulator 2019. Free. They gave away Farming Simulator, a game that they could charge $100 for. <laughs> what, are they they gave away. what are they thinking? <laughs> they, could, they could charge $100, but would they sell it? Man, fan, would, fan would buy them all. <laughs> Maybe they sell two, they sell two copies, one to, one to Van and one to Z. Um, <laughs> even though they both already own it on separate on platforms. PC, yep. Um, you know? Some people, you know, I'm that way with Final Fantasy games. I'm a sucker for Final Fantasy games. I buy them over and over. So I'm a sucker for farming. I'm not. Games. I'm not one to speak. Um, and then uh, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I believe PlayStation also did something. Uh, wasn't it PS Live or something where they had a similar like subscription? PS Now. PS Now. PS Now. View was uh, yeah. to watch live on TV. Demand. I think. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Or on demand. Tower live and on stream. Stream a catalog of games now, yes. and that's still a thing. I don't know is, it, it is okay, and yeah. You, and that's know. one cool thing about that is you can actually do that on PC because I've looked at yeah. that. You could actually on your PC play the games from the PS Now library. Oh, that uh, is kind of yeah. cool. So you don't need a PlayStation to actually do it. That's that's neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of the rundown across the board. I mean, I think the overview is that live and network um, are fairly similar, fairly comparable, both in price and offering. Nintendo offers a little bit of a different and in a lot of ways, lesser uh, package, but is also considerably cheaper. Um, so let's just briefly then let's let's uh, let's let's round this up and and talk about likes dislikes uh, on each. Um, I'll start. Uh, Xbox, obviously, I, I don't have a lot of experience with. I did have a a one year membership that I paid to Xbox Live, even though I never had an Xbox huh. because I was over at some friend's house, uh, some friends from high school. We were playing. We were, they were playing uh, Halo 2, and they wanted to get me in. To, they were, we were playing a big-ass multiplayer thing, and they're like, here, I'll give you this free three-month subscription or whatever that you can sign up, and that way you can make an account and, and play with us in the game. And I did, and I forgot all about it. I never thought about it again, and it charged me. And I guess I didn't notice because I'm an idiot. And then, like, a year later, is like, we're here to renew your subscription. And I was like, wait, what? what the fuck? I, don't even have an, I don't even have an Xbox. What's going on? So uh, so I paid oh, a, a year's subscription to Xbox Live um, and used it for one night. Did um, we so just... That was a bad value. Very, very bad value. the origin of your disdain? No, no. Uh, my, my disdain for Xbox is that um, for the... In general, it doesn't cater to my type of gaming. Um, yeah, like gotcha. But also, like everything that I would want from an Xbox, with the exception of like a handful of games, is either available cross-platform or available on uh, on a PC and right. on a PC gamer. So it's like, like why would I spend a lot of money on a console when most of the games I can either get on the PC right. or like the sports titles and stuff tend to come out for all the consoles I get on PlayStation. Yeah. It just there just isn't value there. Yeah, to it's me. like a low-budget PC. <clears throat> Yeah, I I hate at it. I hate on it more as a meme, and just because it's it's fun to poke fun at something. And because I grew up in the console wars between Sega and yep. Nintendo, and that. so if you love Nintendo, you had to hate Sega and vice versa. Even yeah. though they were both 
good systems. Yeah. Um, and so that's just a carryover for me, I think. I'm teasing the Xbox. I don't really hate the Xbox. I mean, I think there was a very real Xbox, I mean, a real, very real console war between Xbox yeah. and Sony as well. Oh. I mean, yes, it was absolutely. just a, the, oh, next still the next step of, you know, yeah, like I said, Nintendo and Sega. Yeah, it's I mean, still very prevalent. Yeah, today. I mean, you see things like Final Fantasy VII Remake having an, a one-year exclusivity with PlayStation, like, just goes to show that it, there are games that, that Destiny it's still very, very much alive. PlayStation Network, I, th- I think I've mentioned my gripes with that a little bit. I didn't like how the, the voice chat was unreliable for a long time. But other than that, I mean, I've been a PS Plus member since since I got my PS4. Um, like, it's it's useful. I like the free games. I've, I've definitely gotten some mileage out of quite a few of those free games. Even some of the low-budget indie ones. Like, I, I remember there was, like, a Steam World Dig was on there one time and like I played that a lot too. I thought that was like a quirky, cool little game and there's there's been some fun stuff. There's been some fun uh fun games that I definitely wouldn't have ever spent money on or or got otherwise that's given me an opportunity to try. So um and then the Nintendo app, uh you know, I, I also have been a subscriber to the Nintendo online since that dropped. Um because like having those Nintendo and Super Nintendo games to emulate uh, on my Switches is just awesome. Like even if like wherever I bring my Switch, I'm bringing a whole library of great games. And um, it was awesome that one of the Super Nintendo games that they offered was Breath of Fire 2, which um, I'd never really played, but is well loved. It's got a, a reputation as being a classic Super Nintendo RPG. And so like it was gave me an opportunity to give that game a try because uh, that's a hard game to find. Like if you're trying to find an actual physical copy or even a, a, a pirated ROM version online, like not an easy game to get a hold of. So um, I not was, that we I, advocate I for pirating cool. ROMs. No, I've never I've never I've never done such a thing. Right. Um, you might have a pirate flag in your house. For the, I do have a pirate flag in my house um, somewhere <laughs> hidden away now that I'm that I have a wife. It's hidden away in the basement. But um she didn't like it over the mantle like it used to be in my apartment for some reason. I don't know. Why. I've been telling you to get rid of that shit for like eight years, and it takes her like one day. Well, you know, she's loved my life, so she does have a certain she has a certain pull over me that maybe others do not. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, that's probably I, I think the Nintendo console is good. I wish I do wish the Nintendo would, and I'm sure Van will get into this more. I know this is kind of his soapbox. I wish the Nintendo offered better matchmaking better online stuff uh, i do have one more thing to say about it but i'll save it for the end of this discussion unless somebody else talk uh shy please thoughts Comparisons. yeah i mean i think i haven't touched xbox live in a long time but i remember never having an issue with it and so i i, I thought xbox live was very reliable and dependable back when i was playing regularly on xbox 360 and um yeah, I guess Xbox 360 primarily. I never had an Xbox One, but the chat was always good. Oh. The multiplayer was always good. Um, it was, you know, I was ahead of its time. It felt like. And then I remember when I think when I got my PS3 was, I mean, I had a PlayStation back in the day, but when I first like when I really made the switch after going to Xbox to PlayStation was when I got a PS3. And I think I, I remember being let down. I think by what PlayStation Network was at the time, and you know, just kind of was start. They were trying to start to make it more refined and better. Um, and that I think that really took me by surprise. But by the time I, you know, when I had the PS4, when I was playing a lot with you guys, by that time, I mean, I think the, it seems like PlayStation Network and Xbox Live have basically reached parity in a lot of different ways. Like, they offer the same services. They both seem like they're very solid. They both, like, even with, like, free games, different things. I mean, it's really just a, a taste. You know I mean? Do you want to play Halo? You play, you have an Xbox, play Xbox multiplayer. You want to play, like, Final Fantasy, the newest Final Fantasy game for the first year, you know? Like, you have a PlayStation. Um it just seems like a matter of taste of what multiplayer platform you're playing on, what console you're playing on. Um, I did have I a switch. Have a couple, kind of a quick cleanup thing, a mm-hmm. quick uh, cleanup item that we didn't mention. Um, yeah. So 
PlayStation Network was introduced with the PS3, and it was definitely a lot rougher. I think the PS4 transition was when it kind of came up to par. I think a lot of people would agree. Um, also, one thing we didn't mention is that there's something that Xbox Live and PlayStation Network both offer. Um, you don't have to be a subscriber to take advantage of it, but both of those things introduce the achievements and trophies um, aspect of the games. And that's something I do miss on Nintendo, as silly as it is. And I'm not a super trophy hunter anymore. Like, I don't really care about platinum games and stuff. But, like, I won't, I will not deny that uh, when I was trying to decide between Trials of Mana on Switch versus PlayStation 4, the fact that there's no trophies on the Nintendo game. It was it was it wasn't a, a big decider, but it was a point that pushed me, and I ended up getting the PlayStation Four version, and that was partially why. So we didn't mention achievements because it's not tied to the paid portion, but it is something that I think deserves to be dis uh, discussed. And it's an online online feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Something to share and compare with other people. Go ahead, Shai. Sorry. Yeah, for, well, no, if we're doing cleanup, I think earlier I alluded to the fact that maybe voice chat on Xbox Live was part of Xbox Live Gold, and I oh. did a quick reference during one of your guys' presentations, and that's not correct. So, like, there is a standard. I think similar how there's a standard PlayStation Network. There's like a standard Xbox Live where you can like access the digital yes. store, you can buy items, and I think both services also allow you to like chat with people in yes. that level and then it's the playstation plus or the xbox live gold that allows you to actually play with people or you know give some additional you know the games and other features so that's um, for cleaning up just want to clean that up um and i switch i don't really have a lot of um a lot of input on i think i had a switch for a while um and and then the nintendo online platform i think i think my biggest gripe is probably one that i will let that van is i'm sure going to talk about when when he rounds this up but uh it feels like it's lacking or not handling certain features very well that it needs to do a better job on making me be the bad guy you're not the bad guy you're the subject matter expert <laughs> I'm the SME. Nintendo, Nintendo's the bad guy in this. Case. That's true. <laughs> You're just the reporter. Um, don't kill the mess. Yeah, so I don't have much experience with Xbox Live either, so no comment there. However, I do agree that PSN, um, lately that I've been using it, is is really good. What I didn't like about PSN was its maximum of eight persons <clears throat> per channel. So that in cap was kind of chat room. Yeah, in a yeah, chat room. In, in so that that kind of sucked because like. Especially if you're playing a game like Final Fantasy XIV, right, which we, which a lot of us played on on uh, PS4, um, you know, if you're in these these sizable guilds, like you want to be able to speak with a lot of people at any given time, or at least on the PC, that's something that I've uh, come accustomed to. Of course, those familiar with Discord, and before that it was Mumble, and before Mumble. that it was Ventrilo, but all of those, yeah, offered like you know, 32, 64, eh, maybe not 64, but, like, a lot of people to talk yeah. at, at any given time. Yeah, Ventrilo, um, you could pick the server size that you want, like, you had, it paid by the number of yeah. I think we had 20 for a long time, was it 20 per Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was something that I did miss, um, or that I, a feature that I think is, um, kind of lacking in PS4. We're here 10 years, they're going on, and they still only have eight-person max chat rooms. Like, nah, get your shit together, Nintendo. I mean, uh, PlayStation. You know, you can up that a little bit more. Um, but aside from that, everything else is good. I do like the offerings that they have as far as games go, monthly and whatnot. Um, Nintendo. Oh, boy. Nintendo. Um, there's not much I like about their online, except for the fact that, like, it is somewhat in existence. Um, like we talked about, so I can eventually, and I'm not being hyperbolic, I can eventually, by jumping through 
hoops and things like that and knowing people ahead of time contact them in order to sync up on a game so that we can meet on an island eventually um but there is a lot of crap that you have to do to go through to, to do so so you can't just have simply played with somebody previously to be able to chat them you can't even you can't even chat them i can't even message a friend on playstation or excuse me on, on nintendo um to request them or let them know anything like they literally have to be playing the same exact game at the same exact time um in order for you to have any interactions with them voice or message wise and that's not even done through the nintendo system so this is the huge failure of nintendo all that stuff all the anything above seeing the pixels on a screen of another individual are done via the nintendo app which is done on your phone so that is how you can message to one another. You can message in-game, but you're using controller dialing. So if anybody's ever typed on controllers, it's like the worst possible. There's also no predictive text, at least according in, in the game that I was playing. Um, so you literally have to type out every single word. It's an entirety. And there's limitations to how many characters you can enter. So um, there's a lot of really bad things about Nintendo. And I'm going to talk about it um, quite a bit more because I have a specific gripe um, that actually ties into our Disc in the Drive segment. Um, that I'm going to talk about the online play as well. But basically, just letting people know, it sucks. Um, it's not easy to, to navigate. You absolutely have to know somebody's phone number ahead of time, um, have some kind of contact with them outside of Nintendo in order to play with them inside Nintendo. So you can't just randomly play with people, ever, under any circumstance. Yeah. That was one of my biggest disappointments with the Nintendo system was when that um, when those Nintendo games came out, um for the for the for the virtual console or the the emulator system one of the games on there was ice hockey which is one of my favorite favorite games uh and it's one that i really thought whoa this is gonna be awesome because i'll be able to play with some other people like maybe i can just like like they offered multiplayer and so you could play head to head and i always wanted to play that game head to head because i think it's a fantastic game um, and then I found out that like, well, there's no matchmaking. There's no, you can't just like create a game and have somebody join it. Like you literally have to know somebody personally, arrange ahead of time, probably add them to your friends list to be able to, to even connect on that. And it was like, that's a pretty big letdown. Cause like the problem I have is nobody I know ever wants to play that game. Cause it's a very, it's old, it's a niche title. Nobody knows how to play it. Like nobody cares. So like the problem isn't that I... You know, the, the problem is I can't find anyone to play that game with as it is. Like, I thought maybe the entire internet would, would, would open up to me, and it did not. Um, but, uh, you know, let me titillate you guys a little bit. Well, probably not shy because he doesn't have a Switch. But, um, you know, I do have something in the work for that. So uh, maybe that's something that will interest you in the future. We'll see if uh, it comes back to the podcast. Anyway, um, any final thoughts before we move to the Disc in the Drive segment? We've kind of gone over... Each of the three major platforms, likes, dislikes, comparisons. Anything else you guys want to say? We don't have a lot. I'm sorry. Let me give you a longer pause there. Anything else you guys want to say? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'll, um, I'll talk more, like I mentioned, in the disc in the drive just, section. So This is more yeah. of a theoretical question because as we were talking, I know we weren't going to talk about PC and part, partly because PC, like. Talk about PC as much as you want. I just said we weren't going to. I yeah, didn't want to compare. We weren't going to address it. Yeah. it. Yeah. Um, There'd be no comparison. There would be no never comparison. Mind. Never true. mind. I'm going to stop. No, yeah. please. Shy, bring it up. We can bring the PC. No, because it's actually a dumb question. I thought about it a little bit further, and it's not. It doesn't logically. <laughs> well, maybe stand it's not up, a dumb so. question for our audience. No, yeah, that's right. No, we're gonna, that's right. No, we're not going to. I, I, I abstain. 
There we go. All right. Well, if you want Shy to disclose his question, <laughs> send us an email or a tweet. You know, hound him on the internet, and we will we will see that your will is done. Um, additionally, you know, obviously none of the three of us have extensive recent uh, Xbox Live. Uh, experience. So if you're somebody who who uses Xbox Live, if you have something to say that we didn't address, that we got wrong, that we didn't know about, uh, please let us know. Once again, our uh, our contact information will be provided at the end of the show, which is coming up quickly. We did not leave as much time for the disc in the drive not as we close. said we would. Um, what a surprise. We got long-winded on something. It's, it's so unlike us. Um, all right. Well, let's get right into it. I'm going to cede the floor to Van to start. I know last week you got cut short on Animal Crossing. I know we uh, we had a little bit of Twitter activity this this week on Animal Crossing related. Same so story. give the people what they want. Uh, all right. So here. Twitter's <laughs> been blowing up lately, and this is all going to wrap up into a nice little bow. I'm going to try to do it quickly because I could literally take the full 10 minutes and not even get into the second disc in the drive game that I want to talk about, let alone your two disc in the drive games each or three, or however many it is. We are going long, or we're getting cut off, so let's roll it. <laughs> um, so this week, we had a very awesome, extremely rare event happen in our Animal Crossing island, which just continues to pay pay off of how amazing this game is. So we've talked about the stock market before, and we talk about how it's variability, right? And it's one of the best ways to earn uh, money. However, with Nintendo's bullshit uh, internet or multiplayer capabilities that we just talked about, the only way to do so to match up with people is to find them on the stock market and all that stuff, and it's a pain in the ass. So when your own um, console is actually rewarding you with high bells, it's like a huge thing. So anyways, um, to put things into context, in context, basically, we were offered 622 bells per turnip that we purchased, and we purchased the turnips at 109 bells each. So that's like a 600% payoff. Um, that's equivalent to, it was basically the highest payoff you can ever get. I've been playing with, let me see, 54 people within my company that we were in a Slack channel together for Animal Crossing, and not a single person had gone above 600, and we were at 622 over the past um, six weeks. So this is extremely rare. 55 people, or however many it was, not a single person in the weeks. I mean, how many weeks is that over six? So 655, 300 weeks worth of bells, and nobody's gotten this high. So it's extremely rare to kind of paint a picture there. Um, so when it happened, well, we were super excited, wanted to tell everybody, hey, come to our island, we want to help out our friends first. And then we wanted to capitalize on it like good capitalists that we are. So we posted up on the stock market, on the stock on the turnip uh, stock market exchange, and we we're inviting people in. Um, it was riddled with crashes. Our server was getting downrated on the stock market because we were baiting people in and not paying off because when they would finally join, because we would give them the code on a, again, a third party app on the computer is the only way to get people to see your island. So they have to log in to turnipexchange.com, see our code that we have posted, come into our island. We can't communicate with them if we're not besties and all this other crap. So anyway, some people unfortunately would like pay the toll ahead of time. They go to go sell their bells and in route lose connection. So I would do everything in my power to be as possibly honest as I could, go through the history, who were we with, send them friends requests, hope that they accepted the friends request from a blind invite. Once they did, then I would send them a best friends request so that I can at least get them in game so that they can see that I'm playing and you can just see how this went like insane insane batshit crazy so anyways um my wife sheeny and i did not feel good about 
this what's happening so we started posting that in our comment hey if we get disconnected you will get invited as a friend and then we just it's just ridiculous all these workarounds we had to do just to pay people back or just to get them back on our island so but anyways while that was happening i also posted on twitter hey bells at 622 and twitter just started blowing up with likes and responses and hey can i get your can i get that code hey do you have that code for me blah blah so then i sent the link of the turnip exchange code and then people were able to get in through that way and join a queue and all that other stuff so that was kind of fun um so we did get some action on our on on the twitters as smiley likes to call them but man their lack of multiplayer support just made it a fucking nightmare but it was super exciting to get 622 so then what um sheeny and i started doing in the evening after we had um ran the the charging campaign for a little bit just to to help us out um we started offering everything for free so for like three hours at night we just opened up our gates and we're like hey no fee you could donate if you want just come on in we want to help out as many people as possible and left that let that go of course crashed multiple times during all that so people were upset had to re-get in queues and stuff like that and it was just a big pain in the ass and we couldn't ever get get in contact with anybody or anything like that because multiplayer sucks big balls on nintendo yeah that kind of sounds like more trouble than it's worth in a lot of ways it certainly was, but it's crazy because like you have the super high of, of the bell rate and you're super excited and you're going to get paid dirt for, for, you know, for an hour, right? And that's all we wanted. And then the rest of the time, we just wanted to pay it forward and give everybody 622 bells per turnip, which is huge. And we couldn't even do that. And then the people that we did screwed, like we, we, we started keeping a freaking log of literally names whether they paid and whether they received turnips so that we can go back and invite them and do our very best to pay them off if anything happened. And we'd have to shut down the whole server so that we can get in contact with this in single person individually so that they can get back in and, and get their, their bells worth. So we were trying to be as honest as absolutely possible. And I think out of the whole thing, we only screwed one person out of a third of their payment. So all in all, when everything's said and done, after about a hundred visitors to our island, um, you know, we're sitting pretty good at a, at a pretty good rate of completion. So, yeah. yeah so that's, that's cool. Animal Crossing. That's, that's just one week. Like, I cannot wait to see what happens this week. <laughs> uh, can we get an art dealer update as well? This is what I've really been, been sitting on the edge of my seat to hear about. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the art dealer comes in. Um, he's the shysty mofo, and he'll actually sell you crap art if you're not careful. So one way to go about um, determining whether your art is indeed um, a real piece of art or a fake is to, one, you have to recognize the title. So something obvious like Mona Lisa or Starry Night, Van Gogh or anything like that, those are obvious. But then the more, um, I guess, unpopular or not as popular to me, someone who's paint uncultured, I don't know, anyways, somebody doesn't know much about art. Um, I don't know what the title is and they just show you a picture and what you have to do is you actually have to pull up the real picture online or something <laughs> and you have to compare it to the picture that's in there and something might be off like instead of a, a teardrop earring it might be a star earring and then you know it's a fake versus a real one so you do have to do some of your own investigation number one you have to know the title of the artwork that's being displayed and then two you so like, do a side-by-side -side comparison to see if it's fake would or like real. A, would like a fake mona lisa be like the mona lisa or something like that no like just no name, right just just the image. Would she be frowning instead of smiling, or would she be like, well, like I think, a mustache? I think, oh, or, I think she has, oh, you're she has saying, eyebrows. You're saying one. you're saying you would have to know the name so that you could look it up. Correct. I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I thought originally yeah. what you were saying, Smiley, that'd be cool if like it was just a like slightly <laughs> off name and you have to know the name. Yeah. Like, oh no, that's not an actual piece of art. Like Van Gogh's Starry Nights with like an S yeah. or something Moma, like that. Moma Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Moma Lisa. <laughs> 
right, Shy. Yeah. Well, what's what's in your drive? What um, do you play? I mean, I, I don't know. I've been playing a lot of War of the Vision still. I think people are sick of hearing about War of the Vision. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk briefly about another game because I've got a bunch of single-player games and I'm very low-key balancing here and there. But uh, Steam had a sale uh, last week, I think it was. Maybe it was the end of the week before that and I didn't talk about it. Maybe I did talk about it. I talked about Windows, uh, Final Fantasy XV. It was on sale. I picked it up. Um, the Windows edition on PC. I can't remember. I can't remember um, if you did on the podcast or offline. So yeah, go, do it again. I'll just touch on it briefly. Uh, not a lot. I haven't played a lot of it, but uh, I'm excited to play it again. That's a game that I really did enjoy the time I put into PS4, and you know, I never actually completed it, but I got pretty far in. And this time, I'm 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 gonna really try to get through it. Um, and honestly, that game, like, um, and I don't know, did you guys ever? So they released a movie. They released a bunch of different like media content around the release of that game. There was a movie they released, King's Glaive, yes. that came out, um, and then they had an anime short anime series a five episode with him and each of the four like his his three buddies it was four episodes i think with like each like each episode was like him and one of the, his companions like their backstory and um i actually went back and watched king's glaive again so i started the game was like 30 minutes in i'm like you know what i only watched the movie once i bought it back when it, like, it was on sale on google play for like 10 bucks and i bought it and watched it once back then I'm, like, I'm gonna go back and watch it and to be honest like I'm not, I don't want to say that movie is a cinematic masterpiece by any means, but I enjoyed watching it again. And uh, Sean Bean is, is the voice actor for The King. And uh, there, I think, um, who's the guy that from Fast and Furious? Is it Aaron Walker? Paul Walker? Is Paul Walker the um, Paul Walker. like Paul who Walker. was the original star? Um, yeah. He's uh, um, the main character in King's Glaive. He's the voice for the main character. So it was just, it was a really beautiful movie, first of all. I think we can all say Square Enix does, you know, computer-generated graphics amazingly. And their movies and, and cutscenes are just outstanding. And so um that was good and then just i will say this um i think that i think the game even just being about an hour or two in again does the whole like road trip between four buddies i theme really well the first and i this is i don't even think this counts as a spoiler but basically the game starts out and the car is they're, they're in the car there and has a flat tire so basically you're like you get behind the car and you're pushing but it's not so much even like controlling the game you're basically holding the trigger and basically the camera is like you can pan the camera on the car for like three minutes as you're pushing this car, but you're listening to their dialogue, just these four guys, like, kind of bantering and, like, picking at each other. And then there's the, um, the cup, when the game came out, too, um, oh, who is it? It's the lady, um, oh, man, it's a really well-known pop artist did, um, a cover of Stand By Me that was, like, kind of in conjunction with Final Fantasy XV. And so that's, like, with an or orchestral score kind of low-key playing in the back background as, like, this, like, you're just pushing this car down. And I'm just sitting there, like, I'm five minutes into the game. I'm just sitting there with, like, grin on my face. And I'm like, I'm ready to play Final Fantasy XV. So I think <laughs> I think Final Fantasy XV, like, one thing it nailed was, like, atmosphere and, like, personality. Um, I think it'll be interesting yeah. to see combat-wise if I enjoy it more than I did. That was one of the things I think that turned me off from the PS4 version was the action combat. Um, I'm trying out right now. There's there's two modes you can do full action or you can do it where it would pause. Like if you weren't doing an action, it would like pause mid-combat. I'm going to try that out and see if I like that more. Um, but there you go. Um, I'm going to be playing 15 for a while just on and off, you know, a little here and there. Uh, I, I didn't get super far into 15, probably like 20 hours or so, 15, 20 hours. Um, Same. Maybe not even that long, but but like I did, I liked it when I got it. It was one of those games that I, I got to a certain point, I got a little bit overwhelmed, I started playing other things. I was like, oh, I'll come back to this at some point, and I never have. Um, but, you know, uh, it's not, I thought there was a lot of good things that it did. I will I say. I agree that I didn't love yeah. the combat that much. No, go ahead. One thing I'm looking forward to is because when I quit was kind of like a lot of Final Fantasy games are kind of like a, a transition between like like the open world game, like what you've been doing for a lot of time. And then it's kind of like, oh, this is the beginning of the end. Like I'm going to the final area or I'm going to go face the. And I reached that point. Like I hadn't done everything in the game. I think I'd played maybe 30 or 40 hours. But 
it was what happened was really kind of cool because this whole the whole game you're playing this kind of like not super immature like i would say that noctis is not the whiniest of final fantasy characters there are a lot of really oh, whiny final fantasy leads but he is kind of you know he's not super likable like he's kind of just more like bland quiet like stuck up like a prince you would think but like pompous, but pompous, yeah he kind of has to something happens that he kind of has to like grow up and make like sacrifice i don't want to like i don't want to spoil anything but like something happens that kind of sets up that end and i was like really interested in seeing what would happen i never saw what happened so that's one thing that's going to i think drive this playthrough as well i really want to see how the game plays out and how it how it ends up something to look forward to all right folks well uh that's all the time we have i think we're we're over time so, what uh, <laughs> we we got, like, give, you need to at least we've gone like, long a couple times smiley. I'll, you. I'll go, I'll go yeah. super brief i haven't been playing anything i've been playing uh i died in minecraft and lost everything i had and uh it broke my heart uh and so i haven't played minecraft in a while i don't i don't know if my my heart can ever recover from that um you uh, man have you talked to van about this yet do we, van need some context. Yeah, do we need to i'll stay on after oh uh, no i mean it just it, Death happens. Death comes for all of us. You no, know? I mean like, to death support you life. emotionally. Oh well, you know that's all right. I'll be all right. I'll survive. Uh, my Minecraft. I don't know. I, my, I'm taking a break from Minecraft. Uh, I've been playing uh, Trials of Mana quite a bit. Um, I'm almost through my first playthrough. I think I'm close to the original end of the game, I believe. Um, and then I know there's a post game that is part of the remake that, I, that I'm interested in getting into. So it's been good. The story definitely has um, has left something to be desired. I, I think it was a cool... Uh, it has, it's got a cool idea, and I think it's kind of poorly executed in a lot of ways. But... Um, but the the combat has remained fun. It's been fun to level up my characters. My guys are like level sixty now. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm I'm wondering if they're gonna get close to ninety nine by the time it's all over. Um, but yeah, it's it's been enjoyable. That's what I've been playing. And we we've been doing a lot of work around the house. Um, we've been we repainted our kitchen. Um, so that's that's really kind of taken up a lot of my time. I've been pretty tired. I haven't I haven't actually played a whole lot. Um, this week between work and 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 other stuff. So I don't have a lot of discs in my drive currently. But we're gonna have to have a focus cool. target cribs episode sometime where like you show off like a <laughs> walk around. Show <laughs> I don't have enough time in the world to clean my house with two kids in it. So <laughs> there, you there you go. I'll give you like two feet up on the wall around the house. My cribs would be, hey, look behind me. This is the two bedroom apartment I live in. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's been a little bit of a varied podcast, but I thought I thought we had a good time. Uh, if you want to contact us, if you want to give us your thoughts, your feedback on the podcast, shoot us some ideas for topics, for questions of the day. Uh, tell us what discs are in your drive. We've never asked for that before, but you know we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're on Twitter, as some of you now may have cause to know, at Focus Target. Uh, we have a YouTube channel if you want to see us uh, live in all of our glory. Uh, Focus Target Podcast is our YouTube. We also have an email, Focus Target podcast at gmail.com so thanks again for joining us we'll look forward to seeing you next week i'm your host smiley this is shy and i'm ben as always cover us porkins we're out